0: Amen. You know, I was praying in between falling asleep throughout today and eating. I was asking God, God, what do you want to give to your sons and daughters here? Like, how do you want me to share your heart with them? And I was just asking God. I felt like God told me, Sonny, just give them what you got. Just give them what I have given you. Just share. You know, sometimes, you know, when I buy aletheia, like, you know, some goodies, some candies, you know, sometimes when her friends come over, she has no problem taking that bag out. And she shares it willingly. And she actually enjoys it more as she shares, right? And I just feel like bringing out my candy bag that my daddy gave me. I just want to share that with you. Is that okay? Yeah. So if you would open your Bibles... To Mark Chapter Four, starting at verse thirty five. You there? Mm -hmm. Yes. Suddenly, I'm not, so let me get there. (laughs) Mark. Chapter 5, starting at verse 35, it says, while Jesus, oh wait, no, 435, 435. you know what, I, I went to my life verse, 536 <laughs> is my life verse, <laughs> all right, the, that day when evening came, he, who's he? Don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? I want you to turn it quickly over to Psalm 104, verse 3. Maybe not. I'll just read it for you. Uh, half, it says, he makes the clouds his chariot, and he rides on the wings of the wind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys listened to our podcast. A few months ago, Benjamin preached on a sermon called Storm Rider. Okay? He called it Storm Rider. And that brought a lot of um, a new perspective for me. Like I shared yesterday, 2018, let me go over here. I feel kind of can I let's trade? Can I be here? So in 2018, like I shared, it was probably one of the hardest year of my life. It's like one storm came. Right. And like knocked me out. And I'm like, it's OK. God is with me. I get up again. And as soon as I get up, another storm comes and knock me out. Right. It was storm after storm. And in the midst of it, you know what God taught Benjamin and I? He taught us how to ride the storms. And I'm here to teach you. Like a big brother, big sister, teaching you how to ride a bike, I'm here to help you, teach you ride the storm when the storm comes. You ready to learn? Yeah. Okay, don't be afraid of falling off. All right? Don't be afraid of the storms that surround you because in Psalm wanna four one of four one of three one of four jesus god he he rides the storm when he sees the dark cloud coming this is what benjamin said god sees the storm and he looks down upon the storm and he sees a vehicle that he gets to ride on for us when we see the dark cloud we look we look up and we see the darkness right and we prophetically anticipate the doom. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier today we talked about prophetic intercession. After that, you should all know, right, that you are a prophetic voice. You are to prophesy with your life, right? Yes. I'm married to black man.
1: Yeah. Yes. Talk to me. Yes.
0: yes. But before this morning, right, did you believe that you were a prophet? Did you? know that you were already prophetic? Uh-huh. Hmm? Come on, be real. Yes, yeah, some yes and some no, right? Can I tell you whether you knew it or not, you were already prophetic. Yeah. The problem is you were prophetically anticipating the doom. Yeah. Here, Mark chapter 4, it is Jesus who said, Hey, guys, let's go to the other side. Okay, Jesus. They, are, they heard Jesus, and they followed Jesus along. The, they got on the boat. They're going. In the middle of obeying the voice of Jesus, the storm comes. The water gets in the boat. They're freaking out, and they're looking for Jesus. He's nowhere to be found. And, and they look for He's in the stall, bottom of the boat sleeping and they go wake jesus pastor q no 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 right because often when our people go through the storm they often blame the pastors right pastor q don't you care you don't love me right all disciples ran to jesus don't you care that we drown and this is what benjamin said these disciples of jesus was so prophetic of death. Yeah, yeah. You see the storm, we're gonna die. And this is what Benjamin said you know, the water was in the boat, not in your lungs. <laughs> yeah. You don't die unless water goes inside of your lungs. We see the water splashing on the boat, we're gonna die. And we anticipate death. The fear makes us, unt- and we've been prophetic all along. That, all of you, going through all those hardships, being depressed, discouraged, you were being prophetic. Yeah. Hmm? And I remember Benjamin, like a few months ago, saying, can we say prophetic anticipation for the good? Yeah. He, this is what he said. You know, it's, where's, where's our health, right? <laughs> Medical world. Medical, well, who's studying? Who studied? You're studying mental health, right? You know what? You know what they say, right? When you anticipate something, you already experience it. That's what anxiety attack is. It hasn't happened yet. But you anticipate it. Once you prophetically anticipate something, you are already experiencing it. So, so many Christians blood-bought believers of Jesus Christ, we anticipate death and we experience death even when the water is not in our lungs. We anticipate through fear. We see the storm and we prophesy doom. I'm hopeless. I'm never going to get by. They will never help me. I will never get that promotion. I will never experience God experience God the the way Tiffany does, right? We anticipate. And I remember Benjamin, like almost as a pastor, begging us, "Can we please not die until we actually die?" <laughs> can, 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 when we die, then let's die then. But let's not die when we're not even dying, right? I mean, I recently got a flea bite. I was fine. I wasn't itchy at all. But ever since she got that one bite, I started to, now you, you, you look at my legs. I have this all, right? Because I anticipated flea bites, even though before I saw that bite mark, I didn't feel anything. And I didn't see any fleas around me. We anticipate. You have already been prophetic just in the wrong way. Yeah. So God is calling you and I, when you see the storm, use it to write on it, not, hmm, not experience death before the death comes. I remember, you know, earlier this year, right? All these people are bringing accusation. We had to do the hardest things that we've ever had to do as a pastor. It would have been emotionally easier if God called us to step down and quit that that would have been easy but we had to actually go in and put one of our spiritual sons and daughters down from ministry that was the hardest thing we've never cried so much in our lives in the middle of that you know I was spiritually bipolar last year because it was one of the greatest year. We had 11 weddings, or 10 weddings, right? So every month we're doing weddings. Emmy got married, right? So we're excited. But then we're getting all these bad news and crazy people falling you know, into sin and people doing this. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> God have mercy. Jesus, thank you. Oh, why have you forsaken me? It was like bipolar, right? In the midst of storm after storm, we get a phone call from Amy's parents that Amy's mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was like, God, okay, I'm already like, this is way too much. And so like, I already have this brain memory. Uh, We have another elder, Uh, he keeps trying to die on us. And we have to prophetically stand in the gap and save him. Like seven years ago, in the middle of midweek service, he was having a heart attack and dying. And he begged, God, please don't let me die in the church. I don't want to traumatize my church family. God, I don't mind dying. Just let me get to the ER. In the middle of having a heart attack, okay, we call him out. Pastor Vern, stand up. And he's thinking, I'm having a heart attack. I can't stand up. But then he was so submitted to us, even though he was having, he was in the middle of the heart attack, he obeyed and he stood up. And and I had no idea he was having a heart attack. I just said, you will not die but live and declare the glory of God, right? You will not die and live. And then in that moment, God healed him. So he almost died, but we (laughs) we prophesied for him to live. And then a few years later, he gets how many strokes? Like three strokes at once. He gets blind. He, he's like in the hospital, and his son calls crying. I, with, he's dying. Like, it's not good. He's saying goodbye to everybody. So Benjamin and I are like, no, you're not going to die. We're not ready for you to die. So Benjamin goes to the hospital, and when, he said when he walked in, it's like spirit of death. You could touch the spirit of death. Darkness. And he started to prophesy, Pastor Vernon, you will not die, but live. I, I declare, life, you will live. And he started to prophesy and the, the atmosphere starts to shift. And he just by faith said, by tonight, you're going to be able to get up and walk to the bathroom by yourself. And he left. And you know what? That night, that night, he got up and he went to the bathroom by himself. Yeah. He wasn't completely healed. They let him go from the hospital on Sunday, which was Easter Sunday, three years ago. They wheeled him into church. During our uh, uh, Easter service, while we were going crazy, Benjamin gathers our elders. Hey, everybody, everybody. We had a Japanese elder right, like in the 70s. He put his, his uh, the elder's hand over Pastor Vern's eyes because he couldn't see and he couldn't walk, right? So they wheeled him in right? And then the other elder came and they were just praying life. And in the middle of him, right? Like, not like being prayed upon, all of a sudden he saw a little entity. Did I tell you this? No, right? Little entity, like run, small thing. And he said, all I like, it was a demon, but he, he's called the entity. He ran and he held Pastor Vern's hands and said, get out of here. We better get out of here while he was getting prayed for and then pastor verne said you're right what am i seeing i better get out and then he and then god opens his eyes and he's seeing all of our church members like and he's seeing all of us in the spirit right it was like uh, a doctor uh, like what's his name he 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 saw he saw me with the hammer right as i was like Bob benjamin was praying for him I was like leading people like right and he saw me with the hammer and like breakthrough was happening he saw one of our other member worshiping and he saw and he's like what's going on and he looked at the entity and this is all he said you fool and when Pastor Vern called that entity a fool the fool let his hand go and ran out and he got up and he danced you, our church, we were like going crazy, right? Going crazy. And then that was like, and then recently he had another episode. So like third time, we're like, how many times are you, you going to try to die on us and we have to prophetically like call you, right? And then I get a call from Emmy's mom and I was, I was tired. I was exhausted. Too many storms. God, not another. And if she dies, I was like, then take my life too. <laughs> I was like that. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast. So I fasted 21 days for uh, Amy's mom's healing. And then in the middle of fasting, I get a prophetic dream. In my dream, I'm at the park. And at, my daughter was with her friends. And all of a sudden, I get this... They're gonna kill like, yeah, they're gonna kill her, they're gonna kill her, so I'm, I'm like running, who's gonna kill my daughter? I'm looking for, her. So, but it's, everybody looks normal. And then there's one Hispanic middle-aged lady, her, her eyes and mask, and I knew she was about to kill, she was trying to kill my daughter. And I looked at her and I ran towards her and I grabbed her hand and I said, you will not touch my daughter. And then when I said that, she became big and she started to like uh, levitate to the sky and she was so big. And physically, she was too powerful for me, right? She, I don't know how to levitate. I don't know how to become big like that, right? But as she was levitating, something within my spirit, I was not afraid. And, but I had 100% certainty I said I will fight you till the end and you will not overcome me and then I woke up and then I heard still small voice of God in the middle of the night when I woke up he said Sonny if you fight you will win that became the theme of living hope last year he said if you fight you will win Kay. If you fight this cancer, you will win. And all the storms that were coming after us, if we fight, we will win. And God said, the fight, you have to fight the right enemy. You have to fight the right battle. And the right battle is the good fight of faith. Often, when you're discouraged, apathy comes over you. When you've been praying for your family, And nothing seems to change hopelessness seems to come over you in that moment it is so much easier for you to let it go and stop fighting that good fight of faith that's the only way for the enemy to have any hmm, only way for enemy to overcome us when we stop believing when we stop fighting if you fight Mm. You will win. And the mother in me, when somebody was going to kill my daughter, a demonic, satanic power was going to come after Aletheia. I don't care if I didn't have any strength. I didn't care if I didn't have any weapons. Nothing would have stopped me from fighting that demonic force. Mm -hmm. My love for Aletheia would not let me lose this fight. I don't know how i was gonna fight this demonic force but i knew at the end i was gonna win mm-hmm. because i will not let my daughter get killed mm-hmm. one after the other something else happened at our church so many storms come yeah. and in the midst of the storm i wanted to give up i wanted to cry and god started to teach us sunny stand i wanted to collapse Son, you get up, stand. And I think often, if it was just for my fight, I think I would have given up. But when it was about our people, the sheep that God gave us, when it's my daughter, when it's my spiritual son, my spiritual daughter, even if I wanted to stop fighting, I could, I couldn't stop for them. And this is what God taught me. When the accusations came, when bad news came, he gave me this song. And I don't even like sing in Korean. <laughs> Somehow, way through YouTube, I heard this song. And that ministered to me. And that's the song that taught me how to ride the storm. non koreans I'll translate it really quickly. <laughs> it goes something like this. It says, wherever you call me, I will worship. Even if it's in the valley of the valleys, and I don't know how to get out, I don't know what to do, I'm just going to stop and worship you, God. If I'm in the boat and the storm is in my boat and I don't know what to do in that place where you have called me, I'm going to hold on to my God and I'm going to choose to worship my way out of this storm. When I don't know what to do, I'm going to worship. You would have seen me many nights, like two, three in the morning, looking for that YouTube play on repeat. Where you have called me, I will worship. In any circumstance, I will worship. If you fight, you will win. The way we fight is through worship, the way we right the storm is through. Worship. God is looking for true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. In the Often, when you're in the middle of the storm, you forget, why am I here? What's the use? Why am I fighting this? What am I going to get out of this? What the what? In the middle of the storm, you can't ask why. You can't hear God in the midst of the storm. You know what I learned? When you're in the middle of the storm and you don't even know why or how, you know what you have to do? You have to go back to what Jesus said before the storm. What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 5 before the storm came? Hey guys, let's go cross. You're in the middle of the storm. Wait, what's going on? What did Jesus say? He said, hey guys, let's Go to the other side. Then you know what? My job is get to the other side. I'm not going to go back. I'm going to remain. I'm going to worship. Through my worship, I'm going to ride the storm. I'm going to get to the other side. You cannot ask whose fault it is in the middle of the storm. God, why? No, 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 no. Don't go there. You can't guilt your... What, oh, I didn't hear God, oh, I sinned. No, 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 no. You don't have time to look for who to blame in the middle of the storm. You gotta get to the other side. And the only way is to ride the storm. You know, storm creates either toxic or healthy brain pathways. When something bad happens, right? Depending on how you, through what perspective you see, in the middle of the storm, your father out of nowhere comes, slaps you. That's one of the storms. The way you're going to respond or react is going to create a brain pathway that is going to define your tomorrow. You hear me? So you have to really be aware and intentional about how you are going to respond to the storm. Okay? Victor Frankie, he is a, a Holocaust survivor, okay? He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He in the in the um, in the camp where they took away every freedom he had, right? He had no freedom in that camp, right? Even there, where he couldn't even eat. When he wanted to eat, what he wanted to eat. When every freedom was taken away, this is what he said. Between stimulus, stimulus when somebody beats you, torments you, talks to you, abuses you. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and freedom. You know what he's saying? Even when I am being tormented and tortured for no reason, right? Even in that camp, I still have my freedom, that space in my head. When you beat me and before I respond to your abuse, there's a space. And in that space, I have freedom. You cannot control the way I respond in that. And neurologists say every human being okay, has this superposition. Everybody say superposition. Super we have this phenomenal ability to stand back literally and watch ourselves responding. That if, we, if you are intentional, even when somebody is like cursing at you, in that moment you have the ability as a human being to Get to that superposition, that space, and actually watch yourself respond. And Christian neurologists say, Caroline leave. okay? She said in that superposition, in that space, even if it's like a second or two in real life, you have this connection with God. You could ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you could communicate with the Holy Spirit what how do you want me to respond here you have that ability as a human being and this is what caroline leaf also said also every time we choose wrong thinking we are damaging our brain so you know you remember you subject your to your oh i'm I'm not right oh nobody's you are actually damaging your brain you're making your brain Toxic. Did you know every time you think something negative, it, your brain releases chemicals? And just like we marinate kalbi, right? That chemical marinates our whole body within seconds. There's another area, especially us Christians have to be careful, okay? Listen, Christians, we know what to say, but then we feel like others. So we don't feel okay, but when somebody asks you, how are you, I feel terrible. I said, Jesus is Lord. You know what Caroline Lee said? She said, you're actually making your brain toxic and damaging your brain. You got to process. If you feel not okay, you know what? I don't feel okay. However, it's like psalmist. When you read the book of Psalms, they're real. But they don't end there. They always end with who God is and what God can do. Hmm? It's called cognitive dissonance. Everybody say that. Cognitive, cognitive dissonance. If you say something you do not actually believe you are causing brain damage, okay? However, if you paid a little more attention to your thinking, because every thought you think creates a memory, and repeated thinking creates a brain pathway. In the middle of the storm, you're given. You're at a fork. You could choose. I'm gonna die! Don't you care? God, you never answer my prayer. And my, my church, they don't care. You could choose that. Or you could choose. Somehow get to that space between stimulus of the storm and your reaction. Get to that place. I've been taking mindfulness class. Mindfulness is breathing. So, I mean... It sounds all great, but if you knew me, you know that's a big step because I'm that intense Jesus, right? I pray all night. I scream, right? I fight me. I usually, I fight my way out of the storm. But all these storms was so much, I had no strength to fight it out. I just had to let it go and surrender. And so mindfulness, what I learned was breathing. And you know, I'm gonna give you some teaching, is that okay? So every one of your brain has capacity, okay? When the storm comes, when somebody looks at you a certain way, especially like Christian men, like road rage, is like something like goes beyond your capacity. Often I have to hold my husband's hand, Pastor Benjamin, remember who you are, right? When you go beyond, your capacity, you, you flood and you react. Oh, yeah. And you make your brain toxic. Yeah. Neurologists say breathing slowly. So you breathe in, four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then you release it in six seconds. Let's try that one more time. Ready? Go. Hold it, release it. Breathing helps your brain capacity. It brings you back. When you go outside of that capacity, breathing helps you come back to the capacity, okay? Now, so you're breathing. I'm not going, Jesus, say I'm not doing that. I'm just, the water's all over my boat. I'm, 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 I'm trying to find that space, you know? I'm getting phone calls, accusations after accusations. <laughs> My grandfather had a heart attack. My mother has cancer. I'm breathing. And one of the rules for mindfulness is there is no agenda, yeah. and there is no judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. Oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. There is no judgment and there's no agenda. You're not trying to make yourself feel better by doing this. You're just becoming aware of how your body, how your emotion feels, and just saying, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Through mindfulness, I was able to find that space. Even though storms are everywhere, in that space, I'm one-on-one with God. When I look to God, When I am able to really see my Jesus, my everything, my savior, the one who died on the cross for me, when I see Jesus in that space, I can't help but worship. I can't help. You know, sometimes it's irritating because I'm in the middle of fight with my husband, right? right pastors do fight guys right we're fighting and i'm so used to finding that space in the i don't want to worship right now i want to fight right the brain pathway in the middle of in the middle of the storm that brain pathway of worship got so forged That even when I'm fighting with my husband, in my head, I'm worshiping. And how can I fight my husband when I'm worshiping God? How can I accuse back and blame back and fight back when I am worshiping God? In the middle of the storm, God is calling us. Hey, watch me. Watch your daddy. When the storm comes, it doesn't scare me. It's a personal ride that I get to go, take you from point A to point B. Remember, before the storm, Jesus says, let's go to the other side. If you fight, you will win. Remember, the physical realm, the realm of the Spirit. God is calling us to live in this realm. But often, like I said from the first day, Spirit is calling you, every time you approach it, there's turbulence, there's storm that makes you want to turn around and go back and live in this realm. When you approach this, you're supposed to speed up, not slow. In my heart, that's what I sense. I feel like all of you have your own journeys with God. And there have been some storms. I see some lies of the enemy that's been pulling you down. Pulling you down. Trying to keep keep you from entering into that realm. You know why? Because he's so afraid. He's so afraid of you. Hmm? So we're gonna try this. Can you guys help me? Come back. I want you to think about the recent storms that you've been going through, okay? And I'll say this. When you're in the middle of the storm, your worship may look different than the way you used to worship. You know, when I was not in the middle of the storm, I used to pray all night every Friday night. When I wasn't in the middle of the storm, man, I was the loudest person worshiping and praying. But in the middle of the storm, when I found that space between me and God, you know what my worship looked like? Silent tears silent tears, and this silent decision that I made. God, I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to choose to worship. Where you have called me, I'm going to worship. When the lies of the enemy are bombarding my mind, you have failed. God's not going to come through. Nothing's going to happen. When my mind gets bombarded with the lies of the enemy, instead of surrendering it, surrendering myself to that lie and reacting it by making myself and my atmosphere toxic, I'm going to remain. I'm going to learn how to ride the storm. I'm not going to prophetically experience death. Before death comes, I'm not going to prophetically experience depression. I'm not going to prophetically, you understand? You have a choice tonight. You are already prophetic one way or the other. You're meant to be prophetic. Are you going to be a prophet of doom or a prophet? Victory. So I want you guys to just close your eyes. I want you to imagine yourselves in the middle of the storm. The water is splashing. You've lost your sense of direction. Come on, let's, let's just imagine, okay? Let's create a movie in your minds right now with me. Just imagine you're in the middle of the storm. It's dark. The wind feels like it's going to break your boat. The water is coming inside of your boat. You're so tempted in that moment to ask why. You're so tempted in that moment to give up your fight. In that moment where you are ready to give up, I want you to imagine yourself just worshiping whatever the song that God gave you, just imagine yourself singing to your Jesus. And as you sing, the dark clouds become your vehicle and you're riding the storm. Come on, imagine. And as you're riding the storm, joy is being released. You're like, this is fun! God, I'm doing it! God, I'm doing it! Remember the first time you were able to ride the bike? That joy, oh my gosh! Just imagine yourself riding the storm. You see, when you're learning how to ride a bike, if you're too afraid of falling, you'll never learn. You got to get back on that bike. And just like, I want you guys to just imagine yourself keeping, keep getting up on that storm and riding the storm. You're going to ride the storm through worship. That you're not going to give up fighting. Determine within yourselves that I will not question who God is I will not question his goodness. I will not question my word. I will not question, but I will trust. You see, you cannot ride the storm unless you trust your God. But you cannot trust your God unless you have already surrendered. Jesus. You know, what I said in the spirit is that wherever you are right now in the spirit, you've been limited. You've been limited by lives. You've been limited by situations. God wants you to write the storm. God wants you to break off that limitation and enter into the spiritual realm, the realm of the spirit where the miraculous and supernatural becomes natural. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, Lord, that you you would bring awareness by your spirit, God. Show every one of them personally, God, where they're at. And where you want to take them, Lord. What's been, God, limiting them, Lord? What's been pulling them down, God? God, right now, Spirit of God, will you visit everyone, God? And remove the the weights, God. There's the the burdens and waste and lies that's been been pulling them down, Lord. God, Isaiah, determined to write the storm through worship, saying, I will not stop fighting the good fight of faith. God, I'm gonna believe. I'm going to believe that you are good. That in the midst of the storm, I declare that you are good. I will worship you. You are good. You are good. You are with me. You are with me. God, I pray as they determine, God, to fight a good fight of faith, to rise up once again, to rise up once again, God, that you would right now, God, remove those weights. Remove those weights, God. Off of their shoulders, Lord. Off of their minds, God. Remove the weightiness, God. And let them arise. God, God, we want to ride the storm freely, God. God, we're tired of being afraid. We're tired of being limited, God. God, we want to ride the storm, God. God, we want to ride the storm with our daddy, God. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask right now, God, that you would, Lord, anoint your sons and daughters, Lord, with your oil, God, with your spirit, Lord, that you would breathe your life, the breath of life, breath of life upon your sons and daughters, Lord. Breathe away. Let the wind of the Spirit, God, breathe away every lie. God, remove every weight, Lord. Jesus 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 come on come on let's write that storm together. Let's write that storm together. God if you if, if in, there's areas where it's hard for you to trust just ask him God help me. God, I want to trust you in this area, but I'm afraid. I don't know how. Help me. Help me, God. Help me. Help me. God, help me to submit and surrender, God. Help me to trust you, God. Help me to put my trust in you, God, so that I can ride the storm, Lord, that I will not be afraid of any storm, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, let's try breathing, Okay? I'm going to lead you into a few sessions of breathing. In Genesis 2, when God made Adam and Eve, what did he do? He breathed the breath of life into their nostrils and they became a living being. So as we're going to breathe together, when you breathe in, you're going to intentionally, I say, breathe in the breath yeah. of life breath of God and you're going to hold it in, Now, when you release, you're going to breathe out every toxic, yeah. every lie of yeah. yeah. every toxicity out of your mind, out of your brain, out of your heart. Remember, there's no judgment, and there's no agenda. Yeah. So right now, I want to take a deep breath. Hold it. I want to slowly breathe it out. Release all eyes. I want you to take another deep breath. About four seconds. Ready, go. bless you with the truth unchanging truth of God. That says that you have been seated in the high place with Jesus Christ. Just like God created that special space for Moses. God says I have a special space just for you. Right next to me. Right beside me. No lie, no distraction, no destruction of the enemy can reach that space. I bless you with the kingdom ability to be able to ride every storm that comes against you. Or towards you. That you will not be moved by any storm. You are sons and daughters of God. The only thing that will move you is the voice of your Lord. Amen. I declare over you that you are anchored in Christ Jesus. That you're going to go to the other side with Jesus. the joy. in this season, God's going to call your name and ask you to go on a journey with Him. This adventurous journey where you get to go higher up into the realm of the Spirit. Where you get to see God. Where you get to feel God. Where you get to know God in a deeper, intimate way than you've ever you're not going to leave anyone behind the midst of this. Thank you. (coughs) We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.